1: Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski.
2: What a college football weekend. Final hour is here on the Monday editions. we recap all the solid performances, big games. OutKick 360 live at 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. The crew is all here breaking down the game of the year to this point Tennessee and Alabama and some other great performances as well Chad explain uh the emotion behind the 15 years and the demons that were exercised at Neyland on Saturday
0: it's almost indescribable uh I'm gonna do my best to describe it that's what we do on this show right we try to articulate things I'm gonna do my best But as someone who is a Tennessee grad, it's difficult to describe for a number of reasons. If you're someone around my age, Alabama was the game growing up. It then became Florida. And for a lot of Tennessee fans, it still is Florida based on your age. But Alabama was always this rivalry of begrudging respect from both sides. You hated Bama if you grew up in Tennessee. If you grew up in Alabama or you're an Alabama fan, you hate Tennessee. But there is a begrudging level of respect. That respect doesn't exist in Alabama-Auburn. I don't think that it certainly doesn't exist between Tennessee and Florida in another rivalry, but it does exist against Alabama. And most Tennessee fans had just conditioned themselves to believe, like me, that as long as Nick Saban was alive and coaching the Tide, Tennessee would never beat them. Just was not going to happen. Everything lined up this year where you felt like they had a chance, you felt like it was going to be a good game, I still picked... I think Alabama went 38-30 going into the game. I thought they'd win close as well. but Like they, like they traditionally do, even when tested. I'm not going to cl- uh, cry like Clay did. I'm trying to fight back a sneeze right now. Okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm serious about that. I'm not, I'm not getting choked up talking about it, but I've almost sneezed four different times.
1: I feel like it's getting choked so- up. Somehow
0: held it back. But to play in a game that had that level of hype and to play that well, I don't think, unless you're watching Tennessee week in and week out, to consistently see them rise to the challenge every single week is so refreshing. I knew going into the game that if Tennessee lost, it wasn't going to be because the moment was too big for them or they'd play scared or they would play uncharacteristic to what Tennessee is. They were going to stay aggressive. They were going to try to not punt the way they have all year. Josh Eiple says punt is a, is a bad word in our locker room. They were going to beat Tennessee and what they've been under Josh Heupel. They would just get beat by a more talented team. And Alabama is the more talented team. And Bryce Young played great. Played his best game of the year. He played his best game of his career statistically in this game and was a magician at times. And Tennessee still won. Tennessee had the big turnover that led to points immediately on the fumble. And they still won. Tennessee was the more physical team up front protecting and Hooker, getting to Bryce Young, at least pressuring him, even though they only had the one sack. He was uncomfortable. Tennessee won. It never felt for a moment like those two teams weren't deserving of each other. And even when Tennessee would occasionally play close to Alabama, which was few and far between in this series, or have chances to hang with them for a half, it always felt like Bama on the other side, right? Well, it's Bama. So Bama's going to do what Bama does, and Tennessee's going to do what Tennessee does in the series, and Bama's going to win the game. And on Saturday, it just felt like Tennessee was on equal footing throughout, and it was Tennessee that found, that found two plays for 45 yards in 13 seconds with 15 seconds on the clock and kicked the field goal and beat Bama. For anyone that's been following Tennessee football or is a fan of the program, you understand exactly what I'm saying with, that is the biggest win this century. There is yes. no bigger win than that one. The only one that rivals it came a week before a big loss and maybe the biggest loss of the century. And that's 2001 going to Gainesville and beating Florida 34-32. They follow that up with a chance to go play for another national title with a loss to Nick Saban and LSU. So to come full circle and beat Nick Saban and get to 6-0 and for the first time since... 1998, when they last won a national championship, is beyond words for Tennessee fans.
1: Let me offer just a quick word of advice to Tennessee fans who don't care for my advice whatsoever, so it'll just be a quick word of advice. You uh, just beat Bama. It's been 15 years, the whole Nick Saban era. You hate Bama more than you've ever hated Bama because they're more insufferable than anything you can imagine. So, finally returning to a pinnacle. Don't become insufferable yourself. Don't turn into who you hate. Amen.
0: Well, I think I think that they're not going to follow your advice on that one, Paul. Yeah, I think Tennessee not. fans are ready to be insufferable because they've been kicked for so long. They're just, you know, they just believe everyone hates them anyways. But this was a rare Saturday where everyone loved them. I don't know if you guys saw this. There is a clip oh, going yeah, around everyone loved them. of in the swamp when it was tied up, I think seven to seven at the time. They announced that Tennessee beat Alabama at the Florida LSU game and the place erupted in cheers. <laughs> Even that's Florida awesome. was cheering for Tennessee to beat Alabama in that game. Everyone that's not an Alabama fan, the whole world was uh, orange tinted on Saturday for one day watching the conclusion of that
2: game. So, I think you guys will know where I'm coming from on this because but they'll it, hate Tennessee soon enough. <laughs> there there's a lot to really love about Alabama and how they go about doing what they're doing. With so many mistakes that they make, but that's also while you say you know that's still Bama on the other side. I, I thought you know that was still Bama Saturday, but Tennessee has jumped up a notch, much further than I would have expected in year two for Josh Heupel, because I thought they could take over the third best team in the SEC, but I still thought Georgia and Alabama would be Georgia and Alabama. A couple of things with, with Bama, though, that we've seen, and that this is just who they are at this point. They have a great collection of talent, but we still see... So last week, A&M, four turnovers. They missed two kicks. Milrose playing at quarterback. They get Hurts... They get Bryce Young back. Excuse me, Hurts. They get Bryce Young back, and he has a career day but we still see the special teams error that turns the football over after Alabama actually forced a punt in this game. They have 17 penalties. Most of those based on the crowd or mental error, most in the Saban era penalties. And you know, they, they miss the 49 yarder with a chance to take the lead and force Tennessee to, to go down and uh, tie the game instead of just win the game. It's, it's odd because I, I have not viewed Alabama through that lens, but at the same time, Tennessee played the game of the century, and Alabama still did all this, and it took a final drive with 21 seconds to go to beat them. After leading them barely, by 17. Barely 18, made it over the cross 18, 18, 28 to crossbar. 28-10. to Oh, that's right. So, I mean, consider the start. The fact that Heupel's going for the Hail Mary at the end. He's going for it on fourth down where the play was there. They missed it. Um, And they have the kicker, that wobbly knuckle kick, go through. I mean, Tennessee's really, really good. The Vols are for real. But the fact that Alabama continues to make this the routine where they're – I mean, Barely that tells even. you where Tennessee is up to and how it's really difficult to beat them even when they're not playing all that well. That's my point. And also consider – They've had how many first-round draft picks at wide receiver over the last four years? Just going A lot. They the suck league. at wide receiver this year. Let's, there's not an elite guy there. Alabama, Ten, oh, the three Tennessee receivers on the field were better than any receiver I saw for Alabama
1: in this game. Which is that, crazy. That is remarkable. When you consider who's marched through there, like you're saying, over the last several and years. And this is all Alabama, transfer portal stuff. Alabama's up to 66 penalties, most amongst the 131 schools in FBS.
2: It's that, been it's been uncharacteristic. Nick for Saban's them last not few years. sleeping over but that. But that's why they lose a game, you know, that but they they've lost to doing this, they've lost to Georgia. And then Georgia came out of they had a quarterback that just took over the playoff, right? And their defense was all time great.
1: Supremely gifted. And they you.
2: lose to a backup quarterback in AM where they have to have everything go their way with kickoff returns. A and perfect it, day. And I'm not, I'm not taking away any from anything away from Tennessee. I'm 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 looking at Alabama going.
1: This is what it Man. takes to beat
2: them. Tennessee put up 52, the most that we've seen in the Saban era, and the most since, what, 1907? 1907 yes. for any Alabama team. And yet it still came down to that moment.
0: And it's it, here's why. Alabama, those receivers for Alabama are still bigger recruits than Tennessee's. Well, yes. They've got better five-star talent, even at second and third string, than everyone in the country except for Georgia and Ohio State who can be on par with them from a talent perspective, that's why even when Tennessee plays great, Tennessee was so much better coached than Alabama in that game. In the secondary and at— Josh Hyper whipped Nick Saban and his entire staff. Tim Banks whipped Bill O'Brien and Alabama staff. Here's what kept Alabama in it, and I said this throughout the game. Everything Tennessee did looked easy on offense— Guys are wide open. They're hitting bombs. They run a slant and it's wide open. They run the ball with ease. It felt like most everything Alabama did was difficult. Even the deep balls down the field outside of one bust on a second and 24, it's well covered. There's guys making plays. Bryce Young being Bryce Young, dropping it in a bucket one time deep down the field. Bryce Young getting pressured and rolling around and making guys miss and making something happen. It felt more like what Alabama was doing was let's snap the ball and I'll run around like it's a sandlot game and I'm going to find someone wide open. And what Tennessee was doing was calling the perfect play and executing it time and time again with their offense. And I thought it looked much easier from Tennessee's perspective. I just thought Alabama's players played great. They made mistakes. There were too many penalties. But I thought their dudes were dudes. Cameron Latu was a dude. Bryce Young was a dude. Uh, uh, J- Jameer. Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs was a dude in that game. And I should mean, have gone to him more. Go down the list. I said it throughout. I don't know why they don't run the ball more. They started to get Tennessee's defense a little bit softened in the second and third quarter and Some kind of, of it, went
2: away from the run. So what What we don't know, and this happened, if it happened once, it happened 30 times in the game where Bryce, Bryce Young's changing the play at the line of scrimmage. And – so two things on that. I don't know what, what they went to with a run pass option and he checks into the pass play based on what he saw. So we don't know all of that. But there were times where every time they were handing it to him, he was getting his yardage. Also, I mean, the the penalties, going back to the penalties. So 66, Right. 66
1: for, for the season. season. Yeah.
2: That's 17, S- 17 more. 17 on Saturday. That's 17 more than the second-place team that's most penalized in the conference right now, which is Arkansas. And
1: I mean, that's unfathomable.
2: So think, of, think about it from this angle. What, what's the final score if Milrow had to play?
1: It's a, it's a blowout. Tennessee out by Milrow
2: 28. But thank goodness he didn't because now you see the comparable yeah, It helps Hooker in the Heisman race. It would not have you, felt the legitimate. same. Right. It's more legitimate. It's it, a legitimate it
1: been, win. if if you Not that it's illegitimate it's if you beat reaffirming. them under affirms, any circumstances. Yeah, yeah. it's affirming. Because Absolutely. You, while yes. you
2: still beat Bama, and they still won against Texas A&M Bama's with an Milrow. And they Bama's still probably stormed the field. Tennessee fans yeah,
1: do.
0: It, just, it feels a lot better having beat Bryce Young, and I, Bryce Young played great. Yes.
2: And that helps individuals like Hooker in the Heisman race. The but program. it helps... Yeah, you with can those recruits. Sell the fact that you've you've now you were poised enough to take on the magnitude of that game and perform the way they did.
1: What does this do with that section full of recruits? I, I hadn't thought of this until today, but the the magnitude of this win in front of those kids and kids who are watching it on TV, I know that there's a lot to swing and one game doesn't swing everything, but A high-flying game like this with the scoreboard as lit up as it is, the atmosphere as crazy as it is, seeing that field full of people in orange after it's over, seeing the goalposts paraded out. I mean, you can't get a better recruiting day. And then Heupel talking like he talked afterwards. That's the best recruiting tool available.
0: I don't know how if you're a 17-year-old kid in the class of 2024 or whatever it is that you don't just commit to Tennessee – on the spot having witnessed that entire setup throughout the game a year ago jimbo fisher had a ton of five-star recruits in the crowd when they beat alabama and it led to the greatest recruiting class maybe in the history from a star perspective help lead to that
1: i hope you get a quarterback and with a lot well, of other already people, got one they've already got well, a
0: quarterback
2: they, there's a report from uh Vol report that a four-star wide receiver is just committed today
1: yes
0: right, and there's going to be more i i think um it's a great question, Paul. Kids are
1: lining I, up at the transfer portal waiting for the I don't, how, I don't know
0: how you don't watch that in that stadium, in that environment, and watch a game like that and see how the students celebrated with the players afterward and how everyone sort of embraced each other and the fan base backed the team and not think, I got to be down there. I got I to be here for this. I mean, it would just be human nature. If you were looking at a school uh, to attend and a, a program to be a part of, that you would want to be, uh, be a part of that. Now they're going to go other places. Is going to look great. Also, I don't think they're going to see a game like that this year, in an atmosphere like that. Whenever well, they
2: take another visit. I mean, the game we saw last year that was comparable is A and M, and they just set records for four and five stars. That's what I just year, said. Yeah. Right. So you've got, but think about the, uh, think about the NIL money too. You know, you're oh, at yeah. the environment, and you're budgets, also
1: budgets are up. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I'll I, I also think about you know.
1: The goalpost budgets, NIL budgets. Oh, The
0: fourth-ranked player in the country a year ago was from Martin, Tennessee, Ty Simpson, and was a lifelong Tennessee fan. And he really didn't give Josh Heupel a chance, even though he grew up going to Neyland Stadium multiple times a year. And he goes to Alabama. He is now third string behind Jalen Milrow, who's a redshirt freshman, uh, on that team. And he loses in his first game in an Alabama uniform in Knoxville. I do wonder what's going through his mind at that point. That probably forces you to – I think you'd probably – there's one of two ways to go. Man, I made a mistake, and I should have gone here. Or, man, I'm going to bow up now and show everybody why I went to Alabama and show that I didn't make the wrong decision and make sure I win the starting job next year when Bryce Young's NFL and show that I'm better than Jalen Milrow. He'll probably go in that direction.
1: got to go that direction.
0: But I can't help but think about Bama electing to make Henry To'o the narrator – of their hype video leading into the game, but to not release yeah. that video until the morning of the game, not the day before, almost an effort knowing this might get backfire. Tennessee even more fired up and backfire. When Friday's but, hype day. But when he's the narrator and he says, it's not personal, it's business, talking about this game and why, and, and also saying why he went to Alabama. And for Princeton Fant, who's a fifth- or sixth-year senior, was asked about it today for Tennessee and said, was that motivation? Did you see it? He said, Oh, yeah, we saw it. And it was motivation, but he's right. It was business and not personal for us on that day. Great response on that one. But those two guys, I thought a lot about uh, on that day and what that must have been like for them. And then you also have the now infamous tweet of Derek Dooley eating a <laughs> yeah. plate of styrofoam, plate of spaghetti and meatballs. While tucked away in the bowels corner. of Neyland Stadium, in the corner, almost in shame, not having anyone see him, and some reporter got it, got a shame. shot of him in his suit from the shame. back as he's digging into his spaghetti and spaghetti, and there's Tennessee fans celebrating just three or four feet oh. from him.
1: So, were there other the picture you showed me? I couldn't tell it was specifically spaghetti. Were there a series of pictures that told us it was spaghetti before we saw this picture? Or was it clearly spaghetti in the I'm in a sure way that, that he saw,
0: see. you know, the, those, those, we knew you guys they were know they're spaghetti. all handed, you know, meals after the game. So I'm sure the reporter saw you know, that people, people, yeah. ha- you know, getting the food. Um, so he knew what that's he That's a messy
1: eating. travel food spaghetti.
0: Yeah, it is. He looked it's like unusual, he was comfortable right? eating standing up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: You know, some people just have a comfort level, like, you know. Dewey, yeah, I'm just, not good
1: at eating spaghetti It's hard up.
0: to hate Dooley. Like, yeah, I don't oh, watch that. I, I like, really like the guy. You know, I, I watch that. And I there's mean, if a you part, think
1: you don't hate him, you should have drank well, with him. A, like, we it? As, as a Tennessee fan, Jones's party. look, as a Tennessee
0: fan, I don't wish, like, total ill will on Henry Tooto and Ty Simpson. How about Pruitt? But I take great joy in knowing they went to Knoxville and lost.
1: Do you have ill will for Pruitt? Yeah, You have
0: to. Yeah, I have ill will for Pruitt to, because hey, Pruitt. he's a Bama guy. But these were Tennessee guys, and then they decided to become Bama guys, and then they got beat. I love that. I think that's a beautiful moment for Tennessee fans to completes revel the in.
1: Circle, huh? Completes the circle. Absolutely completes round the circle. and round it goes.
0: And I'm willing to bet Ty Simpson, if offered, and could be the starter at Tennessee and knew he was going to be the starter, he'd probably transfer. Well, he may Tennessee. do that
2: to another program, too. But I don't think that's going to
0: be a possibility a because Tennessee's up. got the number two quarterback in the country coming in next year. And this looks well set up for quarterback to go from hooker back to Joe Milton with all that experience for one year. Yeah. And then
1: I'll pass Nico
0: Yamaleava.
1: I'll go right to the kid.
0: Milton looks a, a lot more savvy in the time that he's gotten to play so far this yes. year. And let me give him credit on that helmet. we have a play. chance to
2: prove it this week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we'll see a good, good. half of Here them.
0: Here are the keys to the kingdom against the Skyhawks of UT Martin. Now, take it and, I like and run helmets. a joyride with it. But they checked him in on the Hail Mary play at the end of the first half, and he got rushed, and he had a chance to do either one of two things. Uh, get sacked and have just a critical fumble at the very end of the half or run out of bounds wow. like he did against Ole Miss. And instead, he rolled to his left and threw a perfect Hail Mary pass into the end zone that was tipped and gave Tennessee a chance at it. And I thought – that's a nice step in the right direction to be placed in a game like that in that moment
2: and be fine. Do better. Here yeah. is Tennessee head coach Josh Heupel post game after their win over Alabama.
0: The growth inside of our program from the time that we've gotten here, the ability to be resilient. It wasn't pretty in the second half. There's a lot of things that uh, we didn't do at the level that we're capable of. But our kids continue to reset and go play and, and believe and you know ultimately find a way when it takes zero be on the right side of the scoreboard so really proud of him and, and uh, you know excited to be able to celebrate with everybody.
2: What time did his presser actually begin? Have we heard about that? That's a good question because he's on the field then he's in the locker room and he's taking photos and selfies with all the players and recruits. <sighs> You know, it's not your typical post game ten
1: minute or fifteen yeah. I mean,
2: it's A cigar party in the locker room with everyone. The I mean, they
1: had to clear the smoke.
2: Yeah. Then, oh, Peyton yeah.
0: Manning and Al Wilson and Joey Ken are smoking cigars with all the current players and coaches. Yeah. That, also on I, I have not seen it. We were at the game and I've not watched the the playback of it, but apparently CBS stayed a long time on the celebration. They did. They interviewed Heupel. they interviewed Jalen Hyatt. They stayed on a lot of people and just took in and talked about what they were seeing. After the game, they probably had because it went so late, like a 25-minute window they needed to fill to get to the next programming on CBS, I'm guessing. So they had the flexibility to do that. But I think it's a good decision when something like that's going on to stay as long as you possibly can. Yeah, and good job by Brad Nessler for uh, what Michael Kay failed to do on the Aaron Judge home run. Let a moment like that breathe. Instead mm. of immediately going into statistics and everything else and having something pre-prepared, I mean, I think his call was, kick is away. It's good.
2: Or he hit it or something.
0: He hit it, and then... He got it. That's it. He got it, and then he waited. They showed Bryce Young kneeling on the sideline. They showed the fans, and then, and here they come. And that was it. That's what you heard. Then they just let the pictures tell the story of the celebration.
1: Always the best. Good Way job by
2: Brad it. Nessler. Hit us up with your thoughts at Outkick 360. Coming up, more SEC discussion and college football discussion from the weekend. Um, and also there's two updates for some starting quarterbacks who have been hurt where their head coaches in the NFL have discussed their status for this week. Uh, we'll tell you about Tua Tagovailoa and Dak Prescott next on kick 360 There's the call on CBS. Nestler. It was good. Good call. They just let, the, let the
0: noise and the scene take over at that point. The, uh, there's the, a lot of people that still believe that ball was tipped in some way. I've watched the replay of it's it. It's hard to think. It's, it's not really tipped. hard to tell because there's a it. hand close to it because he. Yeah. It, but also, Chase there's McGrath no... kicks it very low every time. So when he gets past the line, you feel decent about it most of the time, but he, he's he got a low trajectory. I liked
1: your theory that. that because the clock got so low, he was expecting uh, Saban to take the second time out, and he started, he started the, a soft kick. approach on a practice kick and then was kind of stunned into having to take it. I would like somebody to ask him to talk through what exactly happened there because there was a, certainly a weirdness to it.
2: Well, he was on game, and he, was, he just said uh, at the presser, he, he said something like he was still in his jersey, which was awesome. And he said, uh, it certainly wasn't my cleanest hit. And that, you know, was perfect. He, if he uh, had missed
1: it, then we really would have gone into detail about what had Oh, well, and he had
0: missed that. I mean, he missed the, the extra point just terribly. Oh. Never had a chance. Just straight to the left on, on the one extra point. That's a great – I haven't even seen that line. You know, it's great that it certainly wasn't my cleanest <laughs> cleanest hit of the ball. But he uh, he was shocked. Like, if you look at the – when they cut back to the – He wasn't His sure. holder and his players were celebrating with him. And he's, he's almost sure looking up still. like, is that good? Because the kicker knows. And he knew that thing had to really get there at the last yeah. second if it was going to make it. And I, I think he knew that it
2: was a good chance it was going to be short. Uh, two quick uh, updates on injuries for quarterbacks that are about to begin preparation for games this week. So Dak Prescott, Mike McCarthy saying today that he's expected to be cleared either today or tomorrow, and he'll be joining the Cowboys at practice as the number one QB on Wednesday. And look,
1: that's perfect timing because the the clock expired on Cooper Rush. So while it's kind of silly that there's a question up to a point, the Cowboys were running smoothly and they ain't running smoothly after what they did the other night.
2: Yeah, Yeah. and um, Prescott and the Cowboys have the Lions who are coming off their bye week. Uh, Meanwhile, Tua Tagovailoa, so...
1: Was he cleared last week?
2: No, Um, they they went ahead and ruled him out, even though they said he was improving. There were different stages (laughs) of things. I thought he was Uh, cleared,
1: and I bet on them.
2: Bridgewater was cleared, but started the game as the backup, which doesn't make sense. We had Armando on, and we're asking him about this, Paul. It was, um, you know, I was like, what? What? Like, if you don't, if he's cleared, and he didn't have a concussion concussion to begin to begin begin with, playing, why is he not the starter? And then um, you know, they, they end up needing him, and now they're going back to Tua. At least that is what is on track. It, it, they made it clear that they, they, they believe Tua is going to go about this week as the starter. Who do they play? I don't have that.
1: That's a team that needs a clean slate start. Things were going very well. Things got sidetracked in a very ugly fashion. Steelers. the
2: Steelers. Sunday they, night they're football. playing
1: a bad team with a national audience. Tyreek Hill is still on a ridiculous pace, something for like 1,900 yards. They need to clean slate it. They need to protect the hell out of him. He needs to have a clean game where his head doesn't come close to the ground or a knee or anything. And if they can beat Pittsburgh and he makes it through a game, I'll feel great about Miami again, and they can get back on track. If this game somehow goes awry and he gets knocked, that season's coming apart.
2: Well, the first one, he got knocked. The second one, he was running and got thrown down in what didn't look all that bad, and that's when it happened. Turned out
1: bad because he's probably a multiplier, right? Um, But they need him to have a clean game, and uh, and they're playing the right kind of team because Pittsburgh pulled a nice upset, but Pittsburgh's not a good team.
2: That was their first win without T.J. Watt in the lineup. Against Tampa, twenty to eighteen, uh, the final score, and
0: it featured Tom Brady going ballistic on yeah, his offensive man. line in that game.
2: Yeah, saying that you're so much better than what you're playing, in no uncertain terms.
1: That's uh, that's his strategy. That's what he. That's how he motivates
2: Brady. Uh,
0: while going off on his uh, offensive line, still being savvy as he is, looks to his left at one point. You can see him make eye contact with the camera person that was filming the tirade and then he kind of wrapped it up.
1: Finishes his point and moves <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah,
0: he didn't stop being angry, but he sort of finished his screaming at his offensive line and then walked away once he saw the camera. Smart.
2: That was the first loss to a rookie quarterback on the opposite sideline for Brady since 2014. He had faced 12 others, had been 12-0 and and, until yesterday, and the rookie didn't even finish the game. It was Trubisky that came in. With Do Kenny we know Pickett, who that Kenny was Pickett. in 2014? Um I don't Sorry know we could go back and look ridiculous yeah. details. Um <clears throat> I'm trying to think of that year. I'll find it. Yeah. Um, Cuz now,
0: now now I'm interested.
1: He um listen I I wonder if this is going to be a storyline of this year. We were handing the NFC championship game practically to Packers Bucks. Like if you weren't if you didn't set up that game to be your championship game it was because you were getting clever to try to pick a breakthrough team. And yeah, look, or, or it's or only Philly. six. It was, games. It, yeah, right.
2: They were right there. But yeah, the, most, the majority of people voting, they were going with...
1: One were, or the other was Or LA,
2: the Rams. Yeah. Or the Rams, but who are also bad.
1: Through six games, both of them don't look like they're delivering. Now, Brady had one big game, but then yesterday he was back to, to not doing a lot. Rodgers, I was trying to let off the hook a little bit. I didn't see that much of the game. Uh, and Tyler Dunn, who, who who's very familiar with both Buffalo and Green Bay, said he, he, he was awful, and a lot of this is on him. He's talking about the need to simplify the offense for, for everybody, and this is probably as bad as we've seen Green Bay in a, in a while. Look, they've lost three games most seasons under Matt LaFleur since he's been there, and they're 3-3 the three and three right three now. Three last year. They lost back-to-back to the Giants and the Jets. Talk about the money you could have won if you placed that bet before the season. So <clears throat> we're talking about better ball being in the NFC, un- unlike we expected. And it's not coming from the two teams we would have said had the quarterbacks to do it. It would be a hell of a story if this was a big step back for the two great quarterbacks, the two great aged aging quarterbacks um, in, in the in the same year. And that right now, you know, it's hard not to go with uh, recency bias, but that's how it looks like it's heading.
2: And well, then, um, just to further it, the, the 49ers improved by getting Garoppolo into the, into the mix with the injury to Trey Lance. He starts 10 of 11 passing, and that offense was struggling to move the football in the first half against Atlanta. Atlanta pulls the upset over San Francisco, 28-14, the final. Mariota, two touchdowns passing. He ran for another. Uh, no Nick Bosa, but still. That,
1: that's a bad that's, loss.
2: That's, that's a loss that the 49ers should have uh, been more prepared to go and win on the road, considering they stayed on the East Coast last last week. They stayed in West Virginia. And that had
1: worked for them every time. They'd stayed East. Uh, If I'm not mistaken, they've stayed East. This is the third year in a row. And I think that they'd won both games the first two years of it. And they won the first game of this one. So I think they're, uh, what would that be? Five and one out of these uh, double East road trips.
2: Rams beat the Panthers twenty four to ten. Christian McCaffrey had one hundred and fifty eight of Carolina's two hundred three yards. Panthers are a get
1: well game. Just put it simple: if you're a team that needs a win and you draw the Panthers, you're in good shape.
2: Yeah, I mean the the Rams they won the game. They didn't look well at all. Stafford threw another pick six. Um, It's It's crazy how average to below. Yeah, they're they're just, defending Super Bowl champs and yeah. looked all year. I, I've not been impressed one time with the Rams. And the Colts got back on track. Colts woke up yesterday against Jacksonville. Scored 29 points on their final five possessions. And Matt Ryan threw for nearly 400 yards.
1: I think Matt, Mike Vrabel said today, Colts three wins they've scored in the last minute. Yes. So he's he's telling his team already, hey, this is going down to... The end Houston, of the game.
2: Expect it. Houston, they had the fourth quarter comeback to force overtime and then won it. Uh, the Chiefs game was a three point game and it was special team. 20 to 17 was the final, and uh, Chiefs special teams were not good. We've gone through that. And then yesterday, they have the final possession after Trevor Lawrence led the drive down to take the lead um, and looked a lot better than what he has the last two or three weeks, however long it's been with his poor play. And then Matt, again, Matt Ryan throwing it all over the field yesterday that was how was he 37 38 37
1: i think this is the disappointment look i harp on this all the time the titans played the colts two weeks ago this is going to be the third time in four weeks the second meeting sorry in a month it's ridiculous yeah. because they are the same team to a large degree many of the same guys who are out will be out the guys who's struggling are still struggling the guys who are good you know, streaking or still streaking. These teams as division rivals, and this has happened too often, should be playing, you know, once in the first quarter of the season, once in the last quarter of the season. You get different teams meeting yeah. at different times of the season. And I don't understand why the league does this so consistently, but it's a disappointment. I would think the Titans should uh, – they probably aren't favored, but they should be favored because they just won this same game on the, Colts the road. Colts
2: are favored by three, I believe. <clears throat> um, and it's it's a different-looking Normally, that's, I, I'm completely They're with They're better.
1: They've the, gotten better. Well,
2: the Colts, are. they look completely different on offense because they have to be. Yesterday was about necessity. They didn't have Jonathan Taylor. They didn't have Naheem Hines. So they threw it 37 times in the first half. Matt Ryan threw it 37 times total whenever he faced the Titans three weeks yeah. ago.
1: And they've reformed that offensive line. I imagine they stuck with some of the changes they did there. Kevin Byard was saying today, you know, he's fully expecting to see both of those guys Play Sunday here in Nashville.
2: Well, I mean they they're protecting him much better. They threw it like nearly sixty times in this game, and the Jags did not have a sack in this game on on Matt Ryan.
1: And the Titans pass rush, uh, Mike Vrabel said, you know, it's a chance. Bud Dupree resurfaces this week. Ola Denny, uh, another pass rusher who's been out, went on IR today, so he's gone at least four. So that doesn't games improve. Now, so. You know, they're really, uh, Titans have been good at keying it from Jeffrey Simmons and Diego Autry inside.
2: Chad, let's go rapid fire with a few of these uh, SEC performances from the weekend. Arkansas.
0: By the way, I'm still efforting the 2014 okay. rookie
2: quarterback because they only lost three or four
0: games that year. I can't find it. EJ Manuel was in his second year, but I haven't found it yet in the four. This is
2: from uh, Clark Judge. On a tweet last night. I'll continue because they
0: lost love- the Packers and it was Aaron Rodgers, right? EJ yeah, e. um, e. Manuel, I think, may have been the starting quarterback. Was it Orton?
1: Bills.
2: So was Kyle Orton.
0: Kyle Orton. We'll keep looking
2: for it. Maybe it's a different year. Arkansas beats BYU fifty-two thirty-five and a KJ Jefferson in this return. That's a good win. Three hundred sixty-seven yards, a career high five touchdowns in this game, tough environment. And the stat about the when, when does BYU kick off still holds true. With what we see, Arkansas 12 for 15 on third down against BYU's defense.
0: They were great. Did they punt Uh, maybe once the entire game? I mean, it was a great offensive performance for Arkansas. Also, a a real program win after losing three straight. K.J. Jefferson is impossible to tackle. He had one play in that game where he avoided – it looked like twice like a defensive lineman had him thrown to the ground and he stayed up and completed a pass. I I don't know how he made it happen – uh, but he is the toughest
2: quarterback to bring down in the SEC. Ole Miss over Auburn, 48-34. Ole Miss 7-0 for just the second time since 1962, first time since 2014. And for Ole Miss, what remains now is a backloaded schedule. Three of the next four games on the road, and the only home games that is against uh the, the only home game is against current uh, number six, Alabama. They also have LSU, A&M, and Arkansas remaining. They've got a lot of work to do uh, with the rest of that schedule. But once
0: again, credit to Lane Kiffin because he is a master at taking the personnel that he's got and creating an offense that works for them. They go from a great passing attack to a terrific uh, rushing attack with Zach Evans and Judkins running the ball. Really good uh, offensive team for for Ole Miss. This next game, I know you're going to get to one of these games, the SEC – Looks a little bit different now with this upcoming three thirty CBS
2: game they've got next week. Um, you want to get into uh, LSU and Florida? Yes. 45-35 the final. So Florida's got to buy LSU now moves on to Ole Miss. Anthony Richardson continues to not impress. I mean, I'm looking at his stat lines here. He opens the game and looks really good. And then things tail off. He had a 51-yard touchdown pass. Yeah, that highlight reel scoring run—that was nearly one yard. That was nearly half of their offense, though. So it, I mean, it's a—it's boom or bust whenever the offense is on the field. If they're not going on this, you know, uh, highlight reel like performing drive, they're not moving the football at all. It is explosive play or nothing. He's a great athlete with a great
0: arm. You got to complete passes. I mean, he's just not good at playing quarterback right now. He's a terrific athlete playing the position. That 81-yard run was as good as you're going to see. Terrible effort tackling by LSU on the play, but it was as good of a run as you're going to see from a quarterback this year. LSU was a nice bounce back. They got housed by Tennessee at home, and to go on the road and win that game was good for them. Now they host Ole Miss this next week in the CBS main event game
2: well in lsu not known for starting fast they started fast they scored on their first six possessions 469 yards on those drives um and they picked apart florida
0: Jaden daniel's best game as lsu starting uh, quarterback yes. so far by a mile
2: 350 yards passing uh they got booty going in the passing at 115 yards there uh, he rushed for 44 yards their first six drives Went for 75 yards, 73, 75, 83, 75, 88. So they didn't have great field position, but still efficient in their overall plan. I,
0: I did think when Kayshawn Booty got the touchdown pass, his first one of the year at the end of the Tennessee game in garbage time, I'm thinking, up. is this going to get them going? And I actually liked what Brian Kelly said after the game, where he said, we got to out coached today. And he said, I like this team because they play hard. We got to figure out how we can help them. And he went into specifics. He said, maybe we've been too reluctant to go into seven-man protections after they got beat by Tennessee the way they did getting to the quarterback. There are things we can do to help them out. Maybe we need to simplify some things. Maybe we should do this at least for one game. It looks like Brian Kelly figured some things out about what to do with his team.
1: The uh, other two quarterbacks that uh, the 2014 Patriots lost to, they lost two of their first four games – First one to Miami, Ryan Tannehill was 26, and he wasn't uh, he wasn't a rookie, oh. and Alex Smith. So we think that stat's wrong.
2: Well, the dates wrong.
1: The date, yeah, the years wrong.
2: I said. trust the 12 and 0 because yeah. every other stat. Oh yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. No, I absolutely um, trust the stat.
2: We'll find out.
1: We don't know what year. I'll, I'll de- I'm going to DM
2: Clark Judge. Is what I'm going to do. Slide up in those DMs. <laughs> Coming Just up, up those DMs uh, to Clark and we'll tell to you uh, which way to slide on the bet for tonight for Monday Night Football. I've got a couple props that I'm leaning on. We'll discuss how the Chargers are going to make the Broncos look awful again. At least I think that's our expectation oh. in this game. Chargers, though, uh, playing at home, and they need some momentum uh, defensively. For as bad as the Broncos are on offense, the Chargers have been bad stopping the run. We'll give our preview and our take. Our prediction next on OutKick360.
1: Get ready for the greatest roast of all
0: time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his
1: cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for the Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix.
2: Outkick.com slash bet is where you can go to... Place your wager with DraftKings for tonight's Monday night football game. Chargers and the Broncos. And there's a, a, a boost available through DraftKings. Outkick.com slash bet. It was minus 800. The odds on Justin Herbert to throw one touchdown pass in tonight's game. They have boosted this to plus 100 for Herbert to throw one touchdown in the game. That is plus 100 available now, outkick.com slash bet. I'm, I'm also taking Austin Eckler under 60 and a half rushing yards. Uh, that is uh, through DraftKings. Eckler under the number through uh, four weeks. He had like 173 yards last week, 75 yards, 175 something. Great performance. But typically, I think this is what we see from him. Rushing-wise, not passing, rushing, under 60-and-a-half. And And I'm taking the over for Cortland Sutton in receiving yards. Um, I wrote down 66-and-a-half, but I think he can have a tremendous game tonight on Monday night against the Broncos.
1: I'll go Chargers minus four. Chargers minus four, under 44. Five and a half because I don't think Denver will do any scoring.
0: Boys, I am not going to do a disservice to our audience and give a pick today because I am on a monumental losing streak right now, and oh, I will not you? give any advice <clears throat> until I win something. Honesty at helpful. some point uh, because well, I'm you, just not going to do that to our audience. I'm not going to make a pick.
2: Losing streak in in this or uh, just
0: uh, everything. But you're in, counting,
2: NFL college. But you're counting even the games where you uh, you you tried to what 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 do you hedge your happiness. Oh, but well, he's got no hedging. Happiness my happiness
0: has <laughs> lost monumentally because
2: Tennessee is six and zero. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like you're only doing that though to hedge your happiness. I'm counting
0: everything. So you win either I'm way. I'm counting. I have not won a bet that I not, regardless of my teams or not. I'm not winning right now, so I'm not going to make a pick until I win. If I win tonight, I'll come back tomorrow okay. and give you a pick. Thank you. I've More got you? a pick. I'm going to make. I'm not going to say it though. Oh. I would rather the audience go
2: with your picks because I can't win. That's what I'm telling.
1: I appreciate the honesty. Yes.
2: Titans uh, officially getting the, the stadium deal done with the city of Nashville. They already had it from the state and from ownership with the contributions, $2.2 billion for the Dome Stadium. And that means by, like, 2028, Super Bowl will be here in Nashville.
1: 2026, they hope to be in the building. 31 months it took to build Allegiant, and these are the same architects. So conceivably if uh, you know if they broke ground on it in January, they could be ready in August of twenty twenty five. That's a super fast timetable.
0: Um, how many fifty five thousand seat stadiums is hosted a super bowl? Fifty
1: five to sixty. It's a new world. They've been told they'll they'll get it. So So definitely
0: be a first though. It'd be the smallest to host. Yeah. If and when that happens. Which I'm assuming. Building a dome and not getting to Super Bowl
1: would be a first. Indoor
0: I'm assuming it's happening, but that's uh, is there a rule in the NFL about capacity well, if there for is, the biggest there are, game?
1: If there is, they're adjusting it. Indoor, translucent, 1.7 million square foot. Allegiant is 1.8 million, so a slightly smaller footprint, if that's slight, fifty-five to 60,000 feet. Um, the revenue bonds will be from the city. That's about $760 million. Nothing's coming out of the general fund here, and there's no property tax or or sales tax only taxes are are, um, on stuff in the stadium and on stuff in the development around the stadium so it's hard to punch a hole in it as a taxpayer saying stuff's coming and the general funds being forgiven 1.75 to 1.95 billion dollars that the city would have been on the hook for if it maintained the current lease
2: which is not an ideal stadium for what they're trying to attract oh, year They round. would have
1: had to make it better.
2: Back at it tomorrow from this great venue, 6th and Peabody for Outkick 360. Don't block
1: the box. Lock your luck.